You're listening to Unto the Earth, a podcast by Ethnos 360 Bible Institute in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I'm your host, Hadley Hageman. In 2014, LifeWay Research pre-screened 800,000 Protestant Christians and found a major impact of mental health stigma affecting Christians. The research showed that 65% of family members believe local churches should talk more openly about mental illness to reduce stigma. 20% of individuals believe that their acute mental illness makes it difficult to understand salvation. 49% of pastors report that they rarely or never speak about acute mental illness in the church, in sermons, or in large groups. And 23% of pastors have personally struggled with mental illness. These statistics I'm citing are from an article written by Lynn Lance, a physician who aims to normalize discussion around the topic of mental illness in faith communities. So in that spirit of transparency and openness, uh, we want to join that conversation. And to help us do that is Kirsten Nelson, who's working in the mobilization department here at Ethnos 360 Bible Institute. Thanks for joining us today, Kirsten. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This subject is near and dear to my own heart. So I'm really thankful for the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, so I mentioned those statistics about mental health in the church. And I think some of them may come as a surprise as a surprise to, to some of us, but mental illness has had a long and maybe even rocky history with the church. Can you explain, maybe just from your own experience, how the evangelical church has approached the topic of mental illness in the past and help us understand how theology influences how we view those who struggle with mental illness. Yeah, coming in hot. These are uh, these are big questions, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, of course, there are many churches that have approached the subject of mental illness and mental health in varying degrees from varying viewpoints. Um, I certainly can't speak for all churches or all experiences within the church, but I would love to share more about my own experience that I have observed has also been the experience of many people who are close to me as well. Um, so I do want to offer a little bit of a content warning as a courtesy to anyone listening. Uh, I do plan to talk about my experience with anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Um, so moving on from that, a little background. I was raised in the prosperity gospel. So the health and wealth prosperity gospel, uh, where health and wealth were promised freely and wholly expected for believers. So when I first began experiencing symptoms of anxiety and depression, the overwhelming message I received was simply that I did not have enough faith. I was told things like, if I believed hard enough or sincerely enough, then I would just be happy. Or if I wasn't experiencing peace and joy, then I wasn't walking with the Lord. Or if I stopped saying out loud that I'm sad or anxious, then I won't be sad or anxious. Um, so now in the deepest, darkest point of my own depression, my cries to the Lord weren't that he would make me happy or that he would make my life easier or that I just wouldn't be sad or anxious anymore. Um, but rather, John 15 became so precious to me as I was met with the reality that he is the vine and I am the branches. And apart from him, I truly can do nothing. And I share this because we know that we comfort those with the comfort that we have been given. So there were many days that I woke up with dread. And I would say out loud to the Lord, I cannot get out of bed if you do not help me or I cannot get dressed today if you do not help me, or I cannot brush my teeth today if you do not help me. And I would just make these declarations throughout the entire day, 
telling the Lord and telling myself that I was so desperate for him and truly apart from him I could do nothing because I had come to the end of myself. Um, But I want to pause here because it's important to emphasize that there truly is hope in Christ and Christ will redeem any degree of any mental illness. For me, it was and is anxiety and depression, but for you or anyone listening, it could be anything on the long and growing list of mental illnesses. But this redemption often looks different than just declaring myself to be happy, like Michael Scott declaring him like declaring bankruptcy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so I wanted to share some examples from the writings of King David, who we now widely recognize to have been suffering from depression. Some also think he suffered from bipolar disorder based on the tumultuous nature of the Psalms. But I often think of Psalm 6, where he writes, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping. I drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Away from me, all who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. I mean, wow. (laughs) This is just one example that we have of David crying out to the Lord in desperation and extreme honesty, which is something that, of course, I think that we lack in the church today. Just this willingness to not only be honest with ourselves about where we're at, to be honest with our peers, but to truly be honest with the Lord and say, I am, my soul is an agony within me. So as someone who's battled similar feelings for a large portion of my life, I still find comfort and peace knowing that even King David shared in these things. Not to spend too much time on David, but another example from Psalm 34, um, I want to show that the same man who was worn out from his groaning and drenching his couch with tears also said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read uh, some some key highlights. There's 22 verses here, so it's a little long, but um, down to verse four. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. When the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So I want to emphasize the last portion of this where it says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. So many times in my own journey with mental health, I came back to this passage in prayer and simply said, okay, Lord, like your word says that you will be near to the brokenhearted. You, you said that. 
so I can trust you to be near to the brokenhearted. And right now that's me. So you better be near to me because I like, I need your help, you know, and we can have confidence that he will because he's faithful to his word, you know? Yeah. So we could spend a long time talking about Job and the theology of suffering, but I wanted to kind of get into the New Testament and see, um, yeah, what the New Testament has to say about some of this as well. So typically we see in the church, um, there's just this general shying away or apprehension uh, from the tough conversations about mental health issues like anxiety or depression um, or more serious mental health issues like bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. These are things that we're really just not comfortable talking about. Um, and for many, this remains to be a source of hurt um, as they either remain in the church or they begin the process of deconstructing their faith in response to how the church has responded to them. So Matthew 11 um, says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like, it's so important to grasp onto that. Like, Jesus did not shy away from hurting and broken people or tumultuous circumstances. He said, come to me, all who are weary and brokenhearted. He didn't say, come to me, all who are weary and brokenhearted, and I'll give you health and happiness and everything's going to be better, you know, but he promised rest. And that is such, such the, like a key distinction that we need to remember is that he didn't promise to just take it all away, but he did promise that he would be near to us and he did promise rest for our souls. The same soul that was in anguish within David, <laughs> our Emmanuel is now saying, you will find rest for your souls, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to add something? That's, that's a great... Um, starting to put me in tears these verses that you're pulling out but i think like sometimes we want a, the sterile clean christianity right that doesn't have any problems but i think you're a testament of it and, and you're pointing out all of the examples in, in the scriptures that that point to broken messed up people that have an incredible god to uphold them and it's you know even in, in wanting to to answer those feelings of, of anxiousness or all the way to the, to the point of depression bipolar like to here's a here's a verse as an antidote to to clean it up and to get you back into where you're supposed to be when but in the reality i think you would maybe agree that like maybe that's right where god wants you because it's forcing you mm -hmm. to depend on him and rely on him um you've kind of already touched on this but what are some things that the church has done well regarding mental health and what are some ways that maybe they could improve to listen to voices that um might not be heard or are difficult to to hear from yeah i think the other important part of the conversation is that a lot of times we want to search for an answer or reason why we're feeling this way we assign a lot of um a lot of weight to some things that are truthfully just kind of part of being in a sin cursed world um, I think that we can unfortunately take a lot of ownership or assign a lot of ownership to people who are battling things like anxiety and depression and make the assumption that, well, it's their fault or, you know, they're just 
they're just not working themselves out of it or they're they're not going on enough walks or they're not they're not exercising enough they're not getting outside enough like but there's really a important component where we have to recognize and understand and kind of accept that we do just live in a sin cursed world and even though we have hope in Christ there is no piece of this world or corner of our being that is exempt from the curse of sin this side of eternity. So it stands to reason that our minds would all naturally break down in various ways and not reflect our original design. But again, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he will give us rest in the midst of that pain. So for those who are battling with these things, there truly is hope in Christ. Like I am, I'm a testament of that. In my own experience, I, I share my own story about anxiety and depression and laying in bed, telling the Lord, I couldn't get out of bed without him. I couldn't get dressed without him. And now, you know, several years later, several years of therapy and healing and, you know, just a lot of honest work between the Lord and myself, I can honestly say that it just, it feels like a past life almost. Like I remember that period of my life, but I don't know her anymore. Like I, wake up with fullness of joy and I wake up with peace and I didn't know that that was possible for somebody like me. I assumed that I would always be melancholy or that I would always be sad or that it just would always be this piece of me. And of course, I I still interact with these things. I think, again, because we live in a synchronous world, like these things are always going to be part of my life to some degree. But yeah, I just want to emphasize that there is there is hope and there is restoration. And again, it just oftentimes looks different. The process looks different. Maybe it takes longer, maybe, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, the Lord is in the business of redemption and we can trust him to do that. You know, he set his plan of redemption in motion, you know, in eternity past. And we can trust him to do what he has set up to do. And that includes redeeming me and redeeming you and redeeming all of us and for some of us it'll be you know for some of us it's in different ways and for some of us it's in other ways and um but yeah I think that the biggest thing is we can trust him um and then for those who are within the body who are in a position to love and comfort and intercede for others do so with gentleness and humility and compassion um, and just an eager, an eagerness to learn. Yeah, I think you've covered the topic really well, Kirsten, and, and speaking from your own experience, I appreciate your honesty a lot. Um, I think that might close it out. Do you have yeah. any final verse or a final word, just um, maybe for someone who is struggling with some of these things? Um, yeah, I think, again, it's Again, I think that it's important to not only be honest with the Lord, but to be honest with yourself, to be honest with your community, um, to find those around you where you are able to seek out wise counsel, you're able to seek out encouragement, of course, go to the word. Um, But yeah, really, really, I think it's about um, coming to a place of understanding that truly, we all are working through something and it looks different for everybody. Um, but the Lord is faithful to redeem and restore all these things, you know? Um, 
And just a last note for those within the body of Christ. Um, yeah, everyone's experience is going to be different, of course, but I would encourage the church to become better listeners uh, who are eager to learn. Let those who are dealing with these things speak freely and inform you of their experiences without you trying to define their experiences for them. It can be hard and painful to listen to the people that we love um, talk about their pain or talk about their frustration or their anxiety or their depression or all of these things. But um, that really is such an important piece of it to be able to just say, this is how I feel. This is what I'm experiencing um, and be met with compassion. Um, that being said, I think it's also important to note that the burden of education is not on the suffering or the oppressed. If this is a body issue, and I believe that it is, as brothers and sisters, we should be taking the extra step to educate and equip ourselves so that we're prepared to move forward in these conversations with compassion and understanding, especially because we know that they are such big issues and they're only getting bigger. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kirsten. Um, praise be the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, um, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you um, and just get some feedback. And if you want to learn more about the Bible Institute, go to www.e360bible.org and take 60 seconds to fill out a request information form. Thanks for listening.